0: Eleven. We've been studying some Bible teaching on the church, and we're in a section that's talking about uh, what we're in a section that we're talking about the ordinances. We've covered the covered baptism, and today we're going to examine the Lord's Supper, and maybe uh, next week also, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. <coughs> In this section, Paul is dealing with the Corinthian church, which was worldly in many ways and uh, he uh, they've even messed up the Lord's supper and he's uh, trying to correct them 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 17 now in this that I declare unto you I praise you not that you come together not for the better but for the worse. And so a New Testament church is called an assembly. It's Ecclesia, a called out an assembly. And so when he says come together, these people are assembling. And so he's addressing the church. For first of all, when you come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you, and I partly believe it. For there must be also heresies among you, that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. And so he's saying that error is going to be exposed. When you come together, therefore, into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. And so don't misunderstand what he's saying here. He's not saying, I'm not talking about the Lord's Supper. But basically what he's saying is, is that when you come together to participate in the Lord's Supper, You're not really taking the Lord's Supper. What you're doing is not biblical. What you're doing is completely away from what I instituted the Lord's Supper there in Matthew chapter 26 before the Lord uh, went to the cross. And so when you're coming together, you may be saying that we're taking the Lord's Supper, but you're not. For in eating, everyone taketh before the other his own supper, and one is hungry, and another is drunken. And here he's saying, when you came, came and you said we're going to observe the Lord's Supper, where the Lord said in Matthew, this do in remembrance of me, you're not doing this in remembrance of him, you're just doing this to eat. You're just doing this to fill your bellies. It's not about... Thinking about the Lord, and when and when he says drunken, you have to understand this: that one is hungry and another drunken. It means that uh, it doesn't mean that they're uh, drunk. It means you've already drink, drank, drunk. <laughs> uh, that you've already taken of the. Uh, fruit of the vine, you've already participated in uh, satisfying your thirst uh, in drinking the fruit of the vine that would have been at the service there of the Lord's Supper. What have you not houses to eat and to drink in? So you can see that that's the context here. You said, you know, don't you have houses to eat your food in, to drink your uh juice or whatever you're drinking there don't you have a home eat there the, the, when you come to the church and you assemble together to observe the lord's supper it is not a party time this do in remembrance of me it, it's it's to it's actually to be a worship time and it's actually a, an event like like baptism baptism helps us uh, have the concept and the picture of our, our mind that of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection and our raising to walk in newness of life. Well, the Lord's Supper also is a physical thing that we do to help us in recalling to our memory how He did shed His blood. He did give His body and uh, and it, it's, it, it, it aids us in uh, showing his death, and doing in remembrance of him. Uh, no more, I don't think there's any more of a sobering time and a time that, that asks our hearts to consider the crucifixion and consider what took place at the cross than uh, the Lord's Supper. And so that's, that's what he's getting at. He says, Why have you not houses to eat and drink in? Or despise ye the assembly of God or the church of God and shame them that have not? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. And so he said, here's some people coming to this. They're supposed to be a worship service and they don't have a lot of food. They're not as rich as some people and they feel shame and even being there. And, and he said, you've totally destroyed what the Lord's Supper is about. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And so he's going to re- repeat for us exactly what the Lord said there on the night of the, when he observed the Passover and then instituted the Lord's Supper. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. And so we see very plainly that this memorial service is for exactly that. To, it's a memorial. It's a remembrance. And we to think about how Christ uh, died on the cross. He gave his body. And uh, his, though his bones were not broken, he's talking about what he went through. He sweat great drops of blood he gave his life. After the same manner also he took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, this do you as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily, shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. And so there's something very sobering here that we can actually participate in the Lord's Supper unworthily. And we can have guilt that we will be guilty of the wrong attitude, the wrong thoughts, the wrong manner in which we observe the Lord's Supper. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. And so it tells us exactly here what what is involved in in observing the Lord's Supper unworthily. And it says here, not discerning the Lord's body. That we're to be thinking about His sacrifice. For this cause, and look at the result of this. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. That's not talking about Brother Demelow's preaching, but it's talking about death that when they sleep in Jesus, uh, they're dead. And so because they have observed the Lord's Supper and not discerning the Lord's body, it was a very serious thing. And it resulted in sickness and resulted in death. And uh, what a novel thinking that sometimes people's Sickness could be because of some spiritual thing that they've done. Mm. For if we judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. And so the Lord says, I'm not going to let you live this way. I'm going to give you a little spanking, get you lined out, put this back in proper perspective. Wherefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, tarry one for another. It's not a party. It's not a potluck meal. But it's it's an ordinance in which we remember the Lord. And if any man hunger... Let him eat it at home, that ye come not together unto condemnation, and the rest will I set in order when I come. And so, we're going to look at some of this. We probably won't cover all of it, even in this uh, series of lessons. But I first want to uh, talk about some unscriptural teachings of, uh, concerning the Lord's Supper uh, one is uh, uh, some big words here. I can't remember how to spell them. Uh, transub, transub, stand. You see, oh, T, trans, yeah, T, I, A. T I O N. It's almost like supercalifragilistic doses. I expect all you guys to be able to spell this next week. Okay. Um, Maybe let's, uh, I'll jump a little ahead here and we'll come back. Uh, But look over in John chapter six. John chapter six, and we're going to begin in verse uh, 53. John 6 53. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me. And so when the Catholics read this verse and the Lutherans and maybe others, uh, they, they link this with the Lord's Supper. That the Lord said he broke it and said, "Take, eat. This is my body, which was, which was slain." And take, drink. This is my blood. And so, the the uh, Roman Catholics has come up with this concept of transubstantiation. And when uh, the Catholic priest uh, prays the prayer before they have the uh, what do they call? What do Catholics call the? No, what do they call that whole thing? Eucharist. Huh? Eucharist. Eucharist. Okay. Before they have their Eucharist, when the when the priest pray prays that the bread actually becomes, not just equal, but the bread becomes flesh. It becomes the body of Christ. And the wine, with the Catholics, becomes the blood. That it actually becomes the very physical blood of Christ. And uh, it's interesting, (laughs) to me it's interesting, that when they have the Eucharist, the priest will give what the host, he will give the wafer, he will give the bread to, uh, to the church member or the participant, but none of them get any alcohol. <laughs> the priest will take care of that. <laughs> listen, uh, uh, it's not really funny, but listen, there is nothing good about the Catholic Church. Absolutely nothing. And uh, those who embrace fully their teaching are works for salvation. And so Martin Luther came along and he started the. Uh, Lutheran Church, believing that works for salvation of the Catholic Church was an error, that man is saved by grace through faith. But Martin Luther, who was a Catholic priest before he nailed his ninety-five Thesis to the door of the church, he still was he still was affected by. Uh, the transubstantiation teaching of the Roman Catholics. And so I don't really understand uh, consubstantiation. Let me read you what I have here. It asserts that the body and blood of Christ coexist with the bread and wine, which remain unchanged. And so somehow the, the bread and the wine in the bread and the wine, are both Christ, Christ, both Christ's real blood, body and blood. But it's also, it's, it's also just, uh, just bread and just wine, so they're both there together, so they're, so they're saying, you know, yeah, when you eat of the wafer, it tastes like bread, when you drink of the wine, it tastes like wine, and, but Christ's blood is in there, and um, it, it, um, Uh, Martin Luther was so um, strong on that that when others, uh, Baptists and others, come to a more a view more like the Baptists, like Zwingli, Zwingli said uh, that it is only that that the bread and the wine is only symbolic. This was the position of Baptists and and other uh, reformers during the Reformation. And when Luther found out about that, that Zingli was saying it was only symbolic, he said that Zingli was damned. There's no way that he was going to heaven. So. <clears throat> All of that says to me, if Zingli was damned, all of that says to me that all of this, all of this is part of works for salvation. And so we got to come to a scriptural understanding of what the Lord's Supper is about. What, what does it involve? What, why is it uh, important? Uh, you're there in john chapter 6 he said you, you do this but look we need to drop down in john chapter 6 to verse 63 and you get the understanding of what the lord's really saying he says in john six sixty-three, it is a spirit that quickeneth the flesh profiteth nothing The words that I speak unto you, the ones that we just read, he that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood, he said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. What I'm saying to you is not physically doing something or eating something or drinking something. But they are spiritual, I'm talking to you about. That we must, as we eat bread and drink the fruit of the vine, the cup. Spiritually, we need to partake of the Lord. We need to trust in Him. We need to repent and and believe in Him. And... I think that's very obvious. If if we go back to uh, Matthew chapter twenty six, in Matthew chapter twenty six, and let's look at verse twenty six, Matthew twenty six and twenty six, and as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples, said, "Take eat, this is my body," and he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying. Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Did the disciples on this occasion carve off a piece of meat off of the Lord and eat it? Well, that's, that's insanity to think that. He, from the very beginning, it was symbolic. They didn't tap into his vein and drink his blood. That would be barbaric. And all this stuff is barbaric. So it cannot have been that. Uh, also, uh, Christ has ascended into heaven. We know he's there. We know that he's bodily there. And uh, to, to, uh, we know that he rose from the grave. In Hebrews 1, it says, Who is the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, and uphold all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, set down on the right hand of the majesty on high. And so, uh, he, his body is there. We're going to see him. Uh, he can't be just created by, uh, uh, by the priest saying, hoc s corpus meum. Hoc s corpus meum. Does that sound familiar? Hoc s corpus meum. We get <laughs> we get the saying from hoc s corpus meum. We get the saying hocus pocus. That's what's going on. Hocus pocus. And so. Um, it it uh, it, uh, it portrays Christ being crucified over and over. Uh, one thing too is the, the Catholic uh, Catholic manuals say this: Catholics must make an outward sign of reverence before receiving the wafer. The Catholic uh, communicant, the one who's taking it, bows his head before the sacrament as a gesture of reverence and receives the body of the Lord from the minister. And so when they're coming through and he's giving them the wafer, before they receive the wafer, they must bow their head in reverence. Well, it's uh, idol worship. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, they actually, the priest will actually hold a little container and he'll give the wafer to the person. Sometimes they take it in their hand and put it in their mouth, or maybe the priest puts it in their mouth. But they want to make sure that not one crumb falls to the ground because they don't want the Lord to be on the ground. Well, it's hocus pocus. But there is a reason for why the Lord gave the Lord's Supper. And uh, it is not works for salvation. It's not a sacrament that has saving qualities. But it was to a memorial. And we see, we, we read that in that very clearly. This do in remembrance of me. Let me give you some other uh, views of this. One is, it's a, the it's a Passover view. Uh, remember that it said there that they, they were, Jesus was taking the Passover before the next day when he goes to the cross and the unleavened bread and the fruit of the vine that was at the Passover was uh, was what he took to to institute the Lord's Supper. But people who say this, they said that this is just a carryover into the New Testament, and that uh, circumcision circumcision in the Old Testament has become baptism in the New Testament. And the Passover, the Passover in the Old Testament has become the Lord's Supper in the New Testament. And so we just carried over, we just carried over into the New Testament, some Old Testament things, and circumcision has become baptism, and the Passover has become the Lord's Supper. But uh, we we uh, know that not to be the case, and I want you to particularly look over into First Corinthians chapter five and verse seven. First Corinthians chapter five and verse seven out he's given an illustration here he's using some Old Testament types into the New Testament and when they would pa- when they would have the Passover one of the things they did in the Passover they would go through the house and they'd make sure there was absolutely no leaven in the house and the Jewish today is a really a, 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 a complex um, Deal about making sure there is no leaven in the house before the Passover, and so he says in verse seven, "Purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened." For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. And so, when it comes to the Passover, the Passover no more is needed. What the Passover pictured in uh, in choosing the lamb out without spot or blemish, applying it to the doorpost. The Passover was, was a type of Christ that was fulfilled in the antitype of him uh, going to the cross. And it says very clearly here that Christ is our Passover. There's no need to have a, some kind of Passover service. Christ is the completed Passover. Secondly... Uh, it's, it's not only a Passover view, but it's a sacrament view, and you, can, uh, and you can see we've already kind of looked at that. But the sacrament means that, that it has saving qualities. But we answer that simply by flipping over Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that ourselves, not of works, lest any man should boast that salvation is by grace. And as we put our faith in the Lord, we're saved by grace through faith. We're saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. And, and it doesn't have any saving qualities. There's also a view that's called the fellowship view. And that we get together... And we're having fellowship, and uh, you know we're just meeting uh, together, and that's why people have no problem, and uh, and uh, <laughs> and going to the local pub, and and getting a bottle of wine, and say we're going to celebrate uh, the Lord's Supper. That we. Uh, Are going to have some fellowship tonight. And uh, we read, if you go back to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, that this fellowship idea is not uh, biblical. He says in verse 21. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and the table of devils. That the Lord's Supper is a very uh, sobering, a very important sacrifice of, uh, uh, of not sacrifice, but um, a very important New Testament, church, worship, service. Remembering the Lord. Uh, And so the Christian Passover view, the sacrament view and the fellowship view. So what is the Lord's Supper? And uh, let me... uh, Okay. First of all, not necessarily in importance, but just in my notes. The Lord's Supper. What do, what, what do we find in the teaching of the Bible concerning the Lord's Supper? Well, uh, number one, it's an act of obedience. look in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 24 And when he had given thanks he broke it and said take eat this is my body which is broken for you this do in remembrance of me after the same manner also he took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament of my blood, this do as, ye, as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. And so when he says, when he says, take eat, and when he says in verse uh, 25, this do ye, It's a command. Participating in the Lord's Supper of the church that you are a member of is not an option. Participating in the Lord's Supper, in the church that you're a member of, is not an option. No. He said in Matthew 26, take eat. And then he said, drink ye all of it. It's part of what the Lord, what, uh, what he says in Matthew 28, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. It's a command. It's the commands of the Lord are not, well, I don't know about that, or, well, I'll consider that. No, the imperative of the New Testament, imperative simply means it's an imperative mood, which is a command. The commands of the New Testament come down from the king. And they're to be obeyed, not debated. Love those that despitefully use you as a command from the king. It's to be obeyed. Mm, I don't know about that one, Lord. (laughs) I don't know if I want to get involved in that one. And one of the commands is that it's to be obeyed. when, um, uh, let me see, okay, uh, when he says here, I want to point this out also, Um, let's see, okay, verse 27, wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread, And drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Well, this is important here. There's a difference between being unworthy and unworthy the lead. Years ago, the kids were in a play in home school and it was about, it was about grammar. <laughs> Actually, a person created a play about grammar I tried to forget grammar as soon as the lesson was over. And you probably can recognize that. But herb the Ver- there was a little song, Herb the Verb was a man of action. <clears throat> but what modifies verbs? <clears throat> well, unworthily is an adverb. an adverb deals with action. Unworthily is uh, an adjective. You guys remember all this, right? If you don't, then I'm safe. (laughs) It modifies a noun. This is not saying, if you don't feel worthy, you don't have to take the Lord's Supper. It's not saying that. We've commanded to take the Lord's Supper. But it tells us to examine ourselves. To examine our motive. To examine our heart. How is our relationship with our Lord? These are things that you can get immediately right before you ever come to church the night that you're going to observe the Lord's Supper. And so, when a person comes and says you know i didn't i didn't come to the lord's supper service because i just didn't feel worthy well let me tell you something you're not worthy and you're not worthy and you're not worthy and you're not worthy and you're not worthy but we come to celebrate he who made us worthy and so it's not it's an act of obedience And then, number two, it's an act of remembrance. Many churches have the little table before the pulpit, this do in remembrance, in verse 24 here of chapter 11. And when he gave it thanks, he break it and said, Take, eat this in my body, which is broken for you, this do, in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood, this do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so it's an act of remembrance. It's also an act of thanksgiving. And so what he says here uh, in verse 24 and 25 again, or at least verse 24, he says, And when he had given thanks, he break it. And then it says in verse 25, And after the same manner, which implies to me that he gives thanks. This is not giving thanks that we have such a good Thanksgiving meal here, or, you know, we're having a big party meal here, but it's giving thanks for what it represents. That, Lord, you, you walked the road to Calvary. That you gave your life. That you were wounded for my transgressions. And that you were bruised for my iniquities. That I remember his body. And I give thanks for his uh, blood. And he took the bread and gave thanks and break it and gave it unto them. This is my body. It's also an act of testimony. An act of testimony. Look there in verse 26 of chapter 11. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup Ye do show the Lord's death till he come. And so it's a testimony. You do show till he come. Ye do show the Lord's death until he come. And the Bible says, until we drink it new with him and his kingdom. What a, what a, what a thing to contemplate. And think on that one of these days we're going to have the Lord in our presence, and we're going to drink with Him and eat with Him. But it's a it's a show. And so, when the little kids come in and they sit with us, and we go home, and they say, "What was that all about, Dad? How come I didn't get the? How come I didn't get that little cup? And how come I didn't get to eat the wafer? Why didn't I get it?" and you explain to them well we're showing something here we're showing the Lord's death and then as we said it's it, it's a, we took some time up on here in Wordly but I said it's a time of examination I want I want to Participate in this Lord's Supper discerning the Lord's body. Thinking about what it cost the sinless Son of Man, what it costs to purchase my salvation. All of that should bring a sobering, it should bring a grateful heart it should cause us to want to praise the Lord and say hallelujah and to and to rejoice in God our Savior. Yeah. And you see, I think the Lord knew this, that sometimes we need some help to cement things in our mind. And when a person is baptized, it really, it's like a, a picture of, uh, a, a live picture. It's like a pictorial thing that we can observe in the Lord's Supper. cements to our lives, well, you know, this means something. This, you know, the Lord did die. He did shed his blood. And that has a direct relationship to me. Yeah. And, uh, and those, those helps are good in causing us to remember Exactly what the Lord did for us. Okay, You're all just looking at me. You're dismissed.